Well, this morning we're going to start a new series of sermons on Proverbs. And as you probably know, Proverbs is one of five wisdom books in the Old Testament. Do you know what they are? Nobody has to yell it out. <laughs> but you've got Job, right? You've got Proverbs. Sometimes it's surprising to find out the Psalms are a wisdom book. You've got the Song of Psalms, uh, Songs, and you've also got Ecclesiastes. Those are the wisdom books. So if you're hungry for wisdom and you're looking for how to be instructed in wisdom, those are five books you can go to and, uh, and really you know, be fed well. So this morning we're going to start with the preamble of the book of Proverbs, which is Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. And I've entitled it, The Wise Man Versus the Fool. The wise man versus the fool. So, how many people have seen, especially kids, how many have seen the movie Aladdin? Yeah, okay, most of you have. That's great. Okay, so you know then that you know Aladdin is granted three wishes by a genie, and so the very first wish is he wants to be a prince. So by that he's saying, I want to be rich and I want to be powerful. Sounds good, right? Second wish is, I don't want to drown. <laughs> I want long life. And then the third wish is that the genie might be set free, which sounds very self-sacrificing and wonderful. So, you know, all three of those things are things that are probably things we'd wish for. I know I would. That, those things would be included in my wishes. So, if God gave you three wishes this morning, what would be your number one wish? What would it be? Would you wish to be rich and powerful too? So what does God tell us is the most important wish that we could make? Helps if we know what God thinks, right? <laughs> so we can find the answer in 1 Kings 3. It's amazing how the Bible comments on itself. We find answers throughout the scripture, it's very consistent. So this is what 1 Corinthians 3 says. And so God asked King Solomon, so this is who wrote Proverbs, right? Most of it. He says, ask what I shall give you. There it is, wow. What's your number wish, number one wish? What's the thing that you're caring about the most? And so... Here's what Solomon answered. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or to come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord. God liked that. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, what Aladdin asked for, or life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. 
Behold, I give you a wise, a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall be arising after you. So Solomon asked for wisdom. And that's something that we all need. He asked for wisdom, and this is what pleased God. He didn't ask for riches and the things we normally ask for. It's not wrong to ask for other things, but this is number one. Is that where your heart is this morning? Is that what you're crying out for is wisdom? Discern good from evil. And the interesting thing here is that we see that wisdom is a gift. It's not something you're born with. It's a gift from God. So God grants that for Solomon. And so as we look into the book of Proverbs, it's all about wisdom. It's all about what Solomon's teachings look like. So as he received wisdom, then he's passing these on for us this morning. And in the book, we see that wisdom is personified by Lady Wisdom. And we see that foolishness is personified by Lady Folly. So these two voices are always competing for our loyalty and our affections all day long, every day. There's these two voices, and so which one are we listening to? Which is the wise way to go? Which is the foolish way to go? And so Lady Wisdom always seeks God's wisdom, always looks for God's wisdom. That's what you do and I do when we're in line with God's will and trying to figure out what decisions we need to make. But Lady Folly is loud and seductive. That's what the Proverbs say later on, you'll see. And it makes sin appealing and beckons the fool. So we all make good decisions, wise decisions, and foolish decisions. Nobody makes all wise decisions. Nobody makes all foolish decisions. But we really need to understand what wisdom is. And so we find the purpose of the book of Proverbs is given to us in verse 2, where it says, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of God. Please be seated. Now for the children here, I hope you notice that the youth are being addressed. So you're included in all this. I want you to listen carefully because wisdom is something that God gives to children as well. So let's look at our first sermon point. The way the world works, or said in another way, how can we live wisely in a fallen world? So what is wisdom? We need to start there. Helps if we know what, the, what we're looking at. So wisdom and knowledge are closely related. There's a lot of overlap at times, but wisdom enables us to cope with life. 
Wisdom includes all the other virtues included in the book of Proverbs. Knowledge, insight, cunning, prudence, discretion, learning, and guidance. All these things are addressed in the book of Proverbs. And so also we see that wisdom has a moral dimension. It talks here about righteousness and justice and equity here in these verses. It includes constantly increasing knowledge of God himself, to know God, to know him better and better. It grows and increases. And so it, wisdom provides guidance in making decisions. Wisdom is a divine gift acquired by anyone who values it above everything else and who makes the single-minded decision to receive it, to take ownership of it, and to accept it with humility. Because often as we get the wisdom, it clashes with what we want, doesn't it? Once again, it's like Jesus in the garden. Not my will, but your will be done. What's wise? Wise is going to the cross. But it's not something that you know, it's easy to do. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. So there's a humility aspect then that we receive it. And so we see that God has created the word, uh, the world and, and the world works in the certain ways in which he's designed it to work. And so wisdom is the development of our mind. We're not born with wisdom. This is something that we have to go after. We have to seek and there's an understanding about it of both the meaning of life and how that life should be lived. But wisdom's not sought for its own sake. You don't see Solomon here saying, well, I, I really want to be known as this wise guy, you know, and I'm going to, you know, really be thought of with, you know, just wonder and awe because of how wise I am. That's, that's not what he said, is it? God has granted them that. God has given that to him as a gift. But what he wants is to understand how to apply knowledge. How do you apply knowledge? So we grow and increase in our understanding of the word of God. We keep growing, we keep studying the scriptures, we keep having more experiences in life that we go through. And so we're growing and we're maturing and understanding about wisdom and how to apply this wonderful word of God into our lives. And so Solomon is desiring wisdom so that he could govern Israel well. So it's for somebody else in this case. And so he could discern between good and evil, not so that he could brag about how wise he was. So wisdom is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's knowing how to apply the knowledge. For example, how do you wisely use your computer? Well, how much are you going to be on your computer? How many hours? Or maybe minutes, some few of you, but most of us it's hours per day, right? How long should I spend on there? What should I watch? What would be uplifting? But when you think about watching pornography, that's not a wisdom issue, that's a moral issue, that's a sin. So you see that the morality part of it comes in and this righteousness that is being addressed here as, as uh, Solomon writes. Another issue can be how long should you stay up? What time should you go to bed? That's a wisdom issue. 
How much money should you save? It's a if you can save any. That's a wisdom issue. And the other thing about Proverbs is that it's presented in terms of fatherly advice. So it's like a father instructing a son or daughter. And so we see that in verse 8. The verse follows what we're looking at this morning. But he says, hear my son your father's instruction. But it doesn't stop there. What you see is that in the beginning of chapters 2 through 7, the very first verse in all of those chapters starts out the very same way. He says, hear my son your father's instruction. So it's this beautiful father-son relationship, one that we can trust because our father loves us perfectly, not like our earthly fathers, but as our heavenly father who sent his son to die for us. So what wisdom comes to us then is fatherly advice that we can trust in from the one who loves us, cares for us. And so as we understand that, then we can hear it, receive it, and therefore successfully navigate the perils and the pitfalls of this life. So it's something then we can hunger for and we want because it's a blessing to us as well as those who are around us. So as you read the first seven Verses of Proverbs, it prompts us to ask ourselves, am I teachable? Am I teachable? Am I humble? Can I receive instruction? And I think we're a mixture. I'm a mixture. Sometimes it's easier for me to receive instruction than others. But we need to know that we need to be teachable. We need to be able to hear wise instruction but it says here that a fool despises wisdom and instruction. He despises it. He hates it or she. And so once again, we see that it's an impulsive thing. It's an emotional thing. So again, we see that wisdom is something that you're not born with. It must be taught and acquired, sought after, be hungry for. And so this is why the Bible instructs older men to disciple younger men. And Titus 2, older women, to instruct younger women. Because there's more wisdom in their lives. They've lived longer. They know more scripture. They've seen more application. So this is the design of the scriptures. And so if you're hungry to know how to handle certain situations, then doesn't always have to be somebody as old as me, <laughs> but somebody that's been a little farther down the road than you have, and maybe, maybe has experienced some things, and you go to them and you ask, what's your advice, what's your counsel? And so you listen. And so sometimes you have to eat the chicken and toss out the bones, but other times you get some real pearls. But you're not alone. You're growing in your knowledge and your wisdom. You learn have, have to learn things like how do you love your neighbors yourself? Okay, I see that I'm supposed to do it. But a lot of times there's all kinds of relational issues in trying to love your neighbor, <laughs> as we know. And so this is, this is beautiful and it's wonderful. And so Solomon says that we all need to learn and grow in wisdom. I'm one of the oldest people in here, maybe the oldest. Well, no. Dan's the oldest. 
<laughs> so he's the wisest. <laughs> but we all need to grow in, in wisdom. And so as we look at verses 2 through 7, it says everyone needs to know wisdom and instruction and understand words of insight. Nobody's left out. And the specific people are brought out here in these verses. It's interesting. So first of all is the overarching everybody. Everybody needs to be instructed and receive instruction, wise dealing and righteousness, justice and equity. But then it brings out there's this need for prudence for the simple. Prudence for the simple. So what, is, what does this word prudence mean? What is, what is Solomon talking about? Well, it's those that don't have the ability to govern and discipline themselves. So maybe somebody's a little wild. Maybe it's a young man that hasn't quite matured yet, maybe 17 years old. He just loves life, but he doesn't understand he's not supposed to drive 95 miles an hour. <laughs> that he actually could kill himself by doing that. And so, so the, the simple need that. Not to criticize them or to judge them, but to bring them wisdom and understanding. And then it says that the youth are singled out here. And the youth need wisdom and how to grow in knowledge and discretion. So kids, are you hearing that? This is where you need to grow, particularly. In a general way, you need to grow, but in specifically. So what does discretion mean here? It means to learn how to speak without offending others or revealing private information that might be too much that other people don't really need to hear about. So it's a wisdom issue. What should I say? What should I not say? And some people just don't understand. They'll just go around offending everybody and there's body parts behind them wherever they go. You know? They speak the truth but not in love. And so these are things that every young person needs to learn and to grow in and parents can help them with that. And then of course it goes on to address those who are already wise which is most of you, of course. <laughs> Already wise, but they need to increase in wisdom and instruction. The problem is that for fools, that like we see in verse seven, that because they're despising wisdom and instruction, they're insisting on doing things their own way. They're relying on their own wisdom. That's not a very wise place to be. They're the fools that are singing along with Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. I'm not going to sing that. I did it my way, right? And it's supposed to be a good thing at the end of his life. I did it my way. Yeah. So we all need more wisdom. There's no exceptions from the youngest to the oldest. So do we have a teachable spirit? Are you seeking out and benefiting from the wealth of wise counsel of godly men and women around you? Or are you just going on doing things your own way? Does your pride stop you from asking advice and counsel? It has me in the past. Does anyone know what sins that you're facing what struggles that you're having? Or are you keeping it a secret? You're not getting counsel and advice of how to handle those. If you're not gaining wisdom 
from others, then you're living like a fool. You're closing people out. And there's all this wisdom around you all the time. You have to be humble. You have to seek it out. It's what the Bible says. We're having to seek it out. Don't live like a fool. Now, for instance, one of the wonderful things about this church are the small groups. And so that's a great, great place where much wisdom is growing as people are sharing. What am I struggling with? The questions that Kent sends out every week faithfully for the group to talk about. So hopefully people get more and more comfortable talking about their inner issues. You don't spill everything all at once. You get a comfort level over time. And so when you find it's a safe place in your small group, then you tend to open up more and more. And that's a wise thing to do with discretion. Don't spill everything all at once. But you're having other people speak into your life. You're growing in wisdom as you're getting that kind of feedback. You're seeking that. So if you're not in a small group already, I really encourage you to get in one. And you're going to grow. You're going to get wiser and wiser if you do. So the book of Proverbs is constantly teaching and equipping us with three main principles. The first one is knowledge. And so the way the Lord operates on this is that he teaches us how to fish. He doesn't give us a fish. So the first thing that we need to acquire is knowledge. We need to know the word. Read the word. Second, so that's what you know. Second principle is understanding. That's who you are. That you understand things, how you relate to the people around you, how you relate to the world, how you relate to God. Then the third thing, principle three, is how you apply what you know how you apply what you know. So knowledge, understanding, and wisdom all work together in your heart. All these things are constantly spinning around in there to explain how life works, how the world works, and how to live wisely in accordance with God's world order. These are beautiful things. So I encourage you to open up. So wisdom is to be sought after and treasured, and we see this in Proverbs 3, verses 13 through 18. Listen to this. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Finds, what does that mean? It means you're searching, right? It's like the pearl of great price. You remember that little parable by Jesus. You're out looking for it. And the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. So you're searching for wisdom. You're holding fast to wisdom. This is what you're searching after and asking God to grant to you. So another way we can find wisdom in addition to this, and a lot of you have probably done this in the past, but for those who haven't, 
I would suggest that you begin to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. So it'll take you five minutes. See if you can find five minutes in your, in your day to read a chapter of Proverbs. And so there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So you, one day of the month, on 30-day months, you're going to have to read two chapters or skip one. On 31 days per month, you can read through the book of Proverbs in a month. So on the fifth day, I would suggest, of each month, then you read the fifth chapter of Proverbs. So that way you can keep track of it. Because sometimes we get busy and we skip things or forget things. On the 16th day, you read the 16th chapter. If you forget a day, leave that behind you. Don't try to read two chapters in one day. We're talking about five minutes, five minutes per day. And so you're going to read through it over two or three months. You'll be reading through Proverbs three months, three times. And so what's going to happen, I promise you, is if you do that, you'll grow in knowledge and understanding and wisdom. So you're seeking after it. You're looking for it by opening up your Bible and reading the book of Proverbs like that. And then there's all kinds of promises here in Proverbs 3, 13 through 18 that I just read. Isn't those, aren't those the things that you desire, you long for? These are beautiful things. But fools are despising wisdom and refusing the great blessings of God because they will not seek wisdom. Proverbs 1, 32 tells us how foolish they are. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. Fools are wise in their own eyes. Wise in their own eyes, and their way is the way of death and destruction. So it's not just a neutral thing. Which way do you want to go? Want the way of the wise? Or the way of the fool, Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly. So let's look at our second sermon point. To whom are you listening? So the opposite of trusting in God is trusting in yourself. We see this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And then listen to this in particular. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, like in verse 7, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So you're listening to God? Are you seeking wisdom or are you listening to yourself? You're saying, Lord, I don't want you. I've got this, I'll take it. See, a wise woman or man trusts in the Lord with all their heart. You don't listen to yourself. You look to the Lord for guidance and direction. You know that Jeremiah 17, 9 is true. The heart is deceitful above all things, and it's desperately wicked. Why would I trust in my own heart if that's true? Foolish. Get wisdom. So a wise man or woman knows that foolishness is bound up in their hearts. 
foolish person says, I want to run my own life. No one tells me what to do. I will not bow to God's authority or God's word. I am the master of my own destiny. That's the fool's heart. And indeed, a fool is the master of his own destiny. That destiny is the path of death and destruction. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Are you listening to God and trusting him, or are you listening to yourself? Trusting yourself. That brings us to our third point. Where do you start? We need to discern between the two voices of Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. So where do you find a reliable and trustworthy lens through which you can see and discern the truth and to be wise and how to apply that? Verse 7 gives us the answer. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's where we start. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So what is the fear of the Lord? Remember 25 years ago, this was a big question for me. I didn't really understand. It sounded like an odd thing, the fear of the Lord. This has nothing to do with punishment. The fear of the Lord is when you're overwhelmed and controlled by the love of God. That you see and understand the depths of his love for you. The fact that he's the one that's given you new life in Christ. He's the one that's indwelt you with the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to see you through all the sanctification of this life to the point of glorification when Christ returns. And so as you see that love and that depth of caring, then it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And so an example of this as you look at the majesty and the glory and the grace of God, the great love he has for us, an example would be the Israelites when they're out in the desert for 40 years. And so as they went through the desert, there would be a fire by night, a pillar of fire, but during the day there's a cloud. And that cloud was over all of the Israelites and it covered them as it was necessary for their protection. Because the heat out in the wilderness sometimes gets up to like 150 degrees. So if they came out from under that provision of God's cloud and presence and into that heat, they were putting their lives at risk. They could die from that. So that's the idea of the fear of the Lord. I understand that God loves me. He's given me this guidance, this wisdom, these ways in which I'm to go. The pathway to heaven is what I'm trying to follow. The word of God that leads and guides me. And I'm afraid if I get out from underneath that, if I get away from that, if I move away from the love of God, then I'm putting my life in danger. So the fear of the Lord is that which guides us and directs us in these things. Because there's a very real danger out there. When I start living like the fool, I'm putting my life at risk. I'm putting my marriage at risk. If I'm single, then I'm putting whatever I'm invested in work at risk. And all these things are at risk. So the fear of the Lord, that trust that God's got the right way, that trust in him that I'm okay and I'm protected. And Lord, help me to have wisdom not to get out from underneath that cloud. Proverbs 30, verse 4 says, Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? 
Who has established the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. And yes, we do know the son's name, don't we, today? His name is Jesus. And Jesus is the name above all names. Jesus is the wise man. Jesus is the one who embodies all wisdom. Jesus is the one who watches over the sheep. And the sheep will hear his voice. They will be led and guided by his voice. His voice, the voice of wisdom. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And the life that comes from from God comes through me. And no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus brings us life. And he gives us an introduction to the Father. We understand who the Father is through Christ. Now, as much as we've talked about wisdom and we need to have wisdom we also have to understand that wisdom cannot make you right with God. Wisdom doesn't forgive your sins. Only Jesus forgives your sins. Wisdom can't make you righteous, but Jesus can. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is who we're centered of, on. And if you don't know Jesus right now, I encourage you to talk to somebody after this service and be able to understand what it means to become a Christian and grow in wisdom after you do. So if you believe that Jesus has died on the cross for your sins and you're ready to make him the Lord of your life, then please see somebody after this service. It will be the wisest thing you ever do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for your great grace and mercy that are new every morning. We glory in you. We thank you for your wisdom. We pray that you'll take us as those who sometimes are following Lady Wisdom and sometimes following Lady Folly. And we pray that as we seek you, that you would indeed provide that which you've promised for our safety is in you. We thank you for loving us the way you do. In Jesus' name, amen.